It's Calgary's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. Hello, this is Mario Taniguzzi coming to you today with Calgary's Podcast, a member of Canada's Podcast Network, where we talk to the entrepreneurs who are making it happen here in Calgary, Alberta, so you can listen, discover, and engage. Today's guest is Tony McGrath, who is CEO of the Grand Theatre. Welcome to the show, Tony, and thanks for taking the time today to be here for our listeners. Absolutely, my pleasure, Mario. I'm really happy to, to meet you today. Tell me just a little bit about how you got involved with the Grand Theatre and what the Grand Theatre is and does. So um, I've been a soldier and a banker and a CEO of an insurance company and a founder of an insurance company uh, uh, as an entrepreneur and I've been a business consultant. Um, I got involved with the theatre around about Four years ago, I did some strategic planning for both the board and the, the management team here. So I kind of fell in love with the place. And when you walk around the Grand, as you've done this morning, you can absolutely understand why it's an iconic, uh, cool, steeped in history building right in the downtown core that, that frankly, so few Calgarians know about. So it, it's... A 1912 vaudeville theatre originally that's been reimagined as a, uh, a, a culture hub or a culture house in downtown Calgary. We've had the Marx Brothers here, we've had Ginger Rogers, we've had Sarah Bernhardt, Paul Robeson, Nellie McClung had a women's voting rights rally in here. We've got our own history of uh, racial inequality in this theatre, so goes back a long, long way. We've been a magnificent cinema and a golf driving range. Um, and the place was fully uh, refurbished and recovered in uh, around about 2004 by a group called Theatre Junction. That was a theatre company in town here. I, I, I fell in love with both the building and the staff here and a lot of the creation that happened here. It was It was not Calgary as I knew it. So last year, after some business challenges, the board asked me to step in for around about three weeks as an interim CEO. It's what I've done a lot of in in the last five years. I sat in the theatre one afternoon on my own. We've got no money. Our grants are frozen. Uh, We've got no shows scheduled here, maybe one. All of our credits maxed, um, and we're in a position where it looks like closure is likely. And I sat on my own, and the board at that time were looking for a new executive director. They were going through a lengthy recruitment process. And I felt as an entrepreneur and as a Calgarian and as a Canadian, I needed to step up. Um, and that's exactly what I've done. I've given up my business, which was Technique Adjustment Consulting that I ran with my wife. Um, and I've committed the next three or four years of my life to this project, to put it back um, where it belongs, right at the center of the economy and the, the arts and culture uh, sector in downtown Calgary. Here. What are the benefits of doing business in Calgary? Um, Calgarians have this incredible ability to get things done. 
As, as entrepreneurs, you can see it anywhere in this province, not just in Calgary, but in Calgary in particular, and that's where I live and work and, and, and my family's based. You run into companies here that one week uh, can weld the inside of a pipeline and next week they're making custom furniture. Um, they might build a, a tech app one week and the next minute you've got a, a whole community based on play like my friends over at Play City. Uh, great pivot. So there is an incredible and growing sense of community here. The young people of Calgary completely inspire me at the moment. Um, they're changing the face of the city. They're changing the way we do business. They're not accepting the status quo. And I think that is exactly how uh, oil and gas started in this city. People did not accept the status quo. Um, they did not accept the way things have been done before. Everybody's really willing to roll up their sleeves and get things done here. And that epitomizes this theatre too. And I think we are Calgarian. We've been part of the scene here since 1912. And I like to think we are symbolic of that Calgarian entrepreneurial spirit. When you look at the current uh, situation in Calgary uh, these days, from an entrepreneurial and business standpoint, what are yeah. the biggest challenges? I, I, since I've been at the Grand, we've made a very conscious decision to support local companies and local entrepreneurs. So our security system, our ticketing, our restaurant, our toiletry su supplies, um, right, right down to uh, our accounting and all of the materials that appear in this theatre are all supplied locally. Now, we, we are somewhat cushioned from the impacts of things like the raise in property taxes because as a not-for-profit, we're exempt. However, we've come out really strongly, particularly this week, uh, in support of our small businesses in this city. They buy our food, they buy our tickets, they supply our food and they supply our tickets. And we wouldn't be here without those small businesses. Large oil and gas companies have not been on uh, the scene to support a business like this in the arts during the downturn, but our small businesses have. And whenever we have an event here to raise money, we get gelato from Fiasco and beer from Village and uh, Red Bloom hairdressing salon supporters and head candy salon supporters. Kate Huco, the local fashion designer, is putting on a show here to help us in the fall. So that's doing business here. Um, and, I, and I think there is a real movement to taking things back and not accepting bureaucracy anymore. What's your vision uh, for the theatre uh, in the coming years? So my vision for the next hundred years, <laughs> um, I, I want us to be here in, in, in another century um, as a historic part of the building and we're going to start to archive our story. But what I'm absolutely committed to is providing the grand as a space for our arts and performers. And that's everything from ballet to classical, from hip hop to digital. Uh, we're looking at uh, augmented and, and virtual reality as well right now. This is going to be an affordable and accessible place for our arts. 
we don't have a diversity policy here and we don't have any kind of um, reconciliation program. We work with our resident theatre companies, Black Radish and Making Treaty 7, and our whole philosophy is based on a welcome policy. We actually don't care where you're from or what your gender is. So we're really making it very clear that all Calgarians are safe in here. Um, we don't care whether you're right wing or left wing, centrist, we don't care. We've had Rachel Notley and our current premier in the theatre, Vivian Krause, is coming here. So we, we, we are really making sure that this is Calgary's theatre. You can be a Somali Calgarian, you can be a gay Calgarian, you can be a right-leaning Calgarian, you can work in oil and gas, or you can work in the arts, we don't mind. So truly a culture house for all Calgarians. Okay, some personal questions. Uh, Tony, what do you do to get inspired? Uh, the, is there any favorite activities that kind of uh, get you out uh, away from sort of that work environment where you can have ideas come to you? Yeah, um, I, I mean, it's very hard not to be inspired walking in here to work in the morning. Um, I, I, my, my management team, are all dancers. So we have a very creative buzz to the building. Uh, our resident theatre companies are around. We've got a, a, a top class chef working in the restaurant downstairs. So, you know, there isn't much to escape here creatively, but it's been a challenging business turnaround for me. So my wife and I have a couple of particular favourite pastimes and one is road trips. So we, we really love to get in the car and talk about life and spirituality and, and where we sit as a couple. And an example of that, we just went to Bozeman uh, recently down in Montana. We drove down on the long weekend to, to a bluegrass festival in a brand new small theater down there about 10% of the size of the Grand here, but we had a wonderful weekend. Bozeman's a beautiful little town. And I came back with all sorts of creative ideas that we can apply here in Calgary. They've done a wonderful job there. Last year, we went down on a road trip. We hiked in Utah, so we went to Zion National Park. Like when you sit on Angel's Landing there, it's hard not to feel like a grain of sand in the world. Mm. So that's what I really like to do to take me away from the hustle and bustle of the city. And this year we're planning to go to the Amalfi Coast in Italy, your home country. Um, I love Naples and I love that area. So we're going to spend some time around the Amalfi Coast there and then maybe catch the ferry across to Croatia for a, a bit of a trip over there. So I, I have a very peaceful home uh, in Crescent Heights, just up the road here. So we, I get the opportunity to be in the city, but it's almost like living in a small town up there. We have our own independent restaurants and independent coffee shops so i don't even feel like i live in a city not like i grew up in so what's the best piece of advice you've ever received uh when it comes to uh being an entrepreneur oh uh <laughs> so much um some years ago i i i uh I ran into a guy uh, called Tony, strangely. He's, he's 94 years old and he lives down. In fact, he's 96 now. He's Austrian and him and his wife uh, live down in um, California and they became, kind of became life mentors for me. 
And, and the one message that they gave me in their 90s, and they still live on their own, still cook their own food, still drive their car, still walk every day, was enjoy the journey. Um, and I think as an entrepreneur, it is very easy to get wrapped up in the stress and worry um, and, and the drive and the hustle and the adrenaline. And I hear a lot about the hustle. Um, and, and frankly, I think that is such a, a, a misjudgment of what entrepreneurship should really be. If you're going to take the risk of that journey and you're going to put your family through it and put yourself through it, you absolutely have to make sure that it's a journey you enjoy. Because the probability is you're not going to earn as much money as you did in a corporate job. So you've really got to um, add the benefit of, I love what I do. I love the people I work with. I love the businesses that I'm engaged with. And I absolutely love my vision. Um, and I, I see too many people talking about working 20-hour days and working weekends and neglecting their families um, and neglecting their, their marriages and neglecting their parents. That is not what entrepreneurship is about. My father-in-law has run a menswear store in Brooks, Alberta for the last 40 years. He sells suits in the oil patch. He has loved that business that much that he's still running it in his mid-70s. It is part of who he is. His friends drop into the store. It is part of his personality. So I, I hate the surviving the hustle, living in the hustle. I, I, I think that is absolutely the wrong direction to go in. And I understand as an entrepreneur, you have to work hard. I'm working hard as an entrepreneur in this theater right now. But you, you cannot do that at the sacrifice of the other aspects of your life. So enjoy the journey. That's the best advice I can give. Everybody has a bucket list these days. Yeah. What's uh, on top of your bucket list? Jeez, <laughs> I've achieved, I, I've honestly achieved most of mine. So I, the one thing I want to achieve in my life, my wife and I have an age gap. So there's 18 years between us. And my ambition is to live to be 108. And I'd like to help her celebrate her 90th birthday. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's my bucket list. I'll be okay with going. I've traveled so much. I've been to so many places. You know, I, I don't have an ambition to have a bigger car or a faster car or a bigger house. I, I, I'm pretty content with everything I have. I, I would love to take my granddaughter to visit my parents. Um, uh, they're both alive in their mid-80s over in the UK. Um, so I think, I think I'd like to do that. And my granddaughter and daughter live with us at the moment. She's seven, so it's probably a good time to take her now. But I, I don't have too many you know, burning bucket list items I can, <laughs> that I can think of anyways. If you weren't doing what you're doing today, yeah. what kind of a profession or career do you think you would do? I, I, can't, I can't think of anything else I would really want to do. I, I have loved working with entrepreneurs as a consultant. So my, my wife and I, because we built a federally approved insurance company from our living room, we worked in the trenches for quite a while. So our whole um, direction as consultants was helping stuck companies get shit done. Like we were really, uh, we're great lovers of execution. I think somewhere around, I, I, I had thoughts before I came here of maybe buying a family business that, that was where they're looking for retirement or getting involved with a family business. I've had a few opportunities to do that and help take it to the next level. 
But what, what is really important to me is whatever I do is that I'm working with really good human beings. So, you know, the, the specifics of the job. But, so I, I think I'm 62 years old now and I've still got the same level of um, ambition and, and energy that I had when I was 30. So I've got no thoughts of going off and playing golf or anything. So I don't know, but I, I, I think it would have to be something with real purpose. But, you know, I, I have, the, for the first time in my career here at the Grand, I've got a job where I have an opportunity to have massive community impact. Um, with the team I have here, I have an opportunity to hand over a legacy to a younger uh, leader over the next few years. So I'm pretty happy where I am right now. What are you reading these days? Uh, I, I'm actually reading an Eckhart Tolle book at the moment. Um, it, it's, it's really talking about purpose in life. Eckhart's an incredible spiritual writer, but his book's hard going. <laughs> so I, I, I kind of couple, I've coupled that with, um, with with a couple of podcasts at the moment. But Eckhart is hard going, and I usually read novels because I like to relax my mind. But um, it's a it's a book I've picked up at the moment. So. If you had one word to describe yourself, what would it be, and why? Well, that's a tough question, Mario. Um, one word. Irish. I am very much an Irishman. I'm Canadian through and through now. I've been here a long time. But the, the Irish are an optimistic, hardworking, gregarious people. Um, and, and I think that is me in... in in its entirety. So I, 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 like, I like to be Irish. I like to be described as Irish. I, I feel that my whole personality is a Celt through and through. So We live in interesting times these days. Is there anything that keeps you up at night? Oh, the, the theatre's kept me up at, at night a little bit, but not really. I, I'm, I'm troubled uh, by the direction of our neighbours to the south. Um, and I see that in the country I grew up in, in the UK, not so much in Ireland, but definitely in the UK, where there, there seems to be a, a correction in a strong direction away from the hard-won rights of, of our women and, and of our LBGQT community. That, that troubles me. Um, I, I'm not sure why that's happening. I also uh, do not like the atmosphere of, of trade aggression that I'm seeing at the moment. I find that uh, very damaging for world relations. I'm not a fan of globalism, but I am a, f I am a fan of, of our countries making a concerted effort to get on with each other. That's how we ended up with the Second World War. And I'm not saying that's where we're going right now, but there's some troubling developments that this whole uh, trade war tariff um, imbalance at the moment is just indicative of a, an attitude of bullying. Mm. Um, and I, there's only one end to that. The bully doesn't come out on top eventually. When you uh, look outside of Calgary, do you have a favorite place in the world? Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do. Um, one of my favorite cities, and I'll talk about North America first, is, is San Diego. I, I love the climate. 
I love that. There's a, there's a very much a Mexican Latin flavor to that city. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really enjoy. I do enjoy California. Marcy and I own a little resort in Zuatanejo in Mexico. That's the place they ended up at the end of the Shawshank Redemption in the movie, um, and it's and it's on a, a beautiful beach down there. So I, I really love Zuatanejo. I love that area of Mexico. Again, beautiful climate. The people are always smiling. Um, they seem to be able to build a business out of anything. Mm. You know, they'll, there'll be a tire shop just appear on the side of the road, and next thing you know, they're changing tires on semis. So they're, they're very uh, on, entrepreneurial, enterprising people. So I, I enjoy being there. And of course, where uh, I was born in Dublin, I love to go back there from time to time. We're creatures of routine. Mm-hmm. Do you have a certain routine that is uh, sort of non-negotiable that just happens every day? Yep, uh, I've got a couple of routines. Um, when I wake up in the morning, I have some uh, daily readings and I, and I try to meditate. Not always successful, but I do try every morning just to calm my mind before the day starts. Uh, and my readings are centered around um, how I behave in, in, in the world, how the, the impact of my words and actions and how I treat others. So that's always a good reminder for me. Uh, and I, I, um, I'm very regimented about my family time. I spend time with my wife every day. Uh, we get to talk about a day every day. Um, and I get to spend time with my daughter and granddaughter every day. There is nothing better to remove your mind from the world of business than a seven-year-old. <laughs> um, and I, I went to see Barack Obama speak recently. Uh, Dave Kelly interviewed him. It was a magnificent uh, session. And um, he, he spoke about uh, in the morning he might be dealing with Syria and a Russia, an issue with Russia. And in the afternoon, he's reading a book to his daughter. So, you know, I think that's a, that's a great routine to get into. Spoke about it earlier as an entrepreneur. You've got to pay attention to that. As we wind down here, I'm yeah. going to ask you a kind of a different question. Sure. So imagine uh, that we take you to a tropical island uh, where there's only a phone booth there, but there's no Internet connection. Yeah. Uh, you don't have access to any, any wireless stuff at all. Uh, you can make one phone call uh, to call us and we'll take you back home. Yeah. How long do you think it would take you to make that phone call? And uh, what do you think you'd be doing on that island while you were there? Um, wow, I, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable in my own skin, so I, like I can spend a fair bit of time on my own. But if I'm on a tropical island, probably 30 minutes before I call Marcy, my wife, and say, you need to get your ass out of here. <laughs> um, and on the island itself, uh, I, I get the chance to spend a fair bit of time at our place in Mexico, we, and we, we rent a number of our bungalows there, so I, I get to spend time with guests. But I, I love to lie on in, in one of our hammocks, and we've got a choice, so my daily routine is which one. And, and I love to listen to music. So probably enjoying the sound of the waves a little bit and the beach. And uh, I, I'd be, I'm totally okay with chilling. Is there anything you'd like to add uh, before you leave us today, Tony? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think um, I, I will say on behalf of the team at the Grand that we're delighted at the support that Calgarians are giving us right now. We have a very incredible opportunity because it seems 95% of Calgarians don't even know we're here. 
So I, I would ask our arts and culture community to keep bringing their works here to perform in this beautiful space. And I would encourage Calgarians to drop in here, buy a ticket, have a glass of wine, maybe a bite to eat. Um, and just savor something that is truly Calgarian and it just feels like you're stepping back in time when you walk through the doors here. So thanks for the opportunity to speak today, Mario. Hey there, thanks for taking the time today to listen to Calgary's podcast on Canada's Podcast Network. We hope you enjoyed the show today. Make sure you sign up for our newsletters and write a review for us on iTunes and then connect with us on Twitter Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn at Canada's Podcast. You can also check out what other entrepreneurs are doing across the country. See you next time.